Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. The Barbecue Central Show is supported in part by these great sponsors. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and barbecue pits. Their website is thebbqguru.com. Also, Butcher Barbecue, maker of injections, rubs, and sauces. Their website is butcherbbq.com. And by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for anything in the barbecue and grilling industry to include world championship winning rubs. Their website, bigpapasmokers.com. And by Cookshack, maker of pellet and electric cookers. You can visit them at cookshack.com. Also, Chops Power Injector System. Three different size injectors to choose from. Find out more at barbecuekansascity.com, and that's barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and versatile cookers out there on the market. Visit them at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Smithfield, the biggest name in pork, bringing you great opportunities this barbecue season. Get Smokin' with Smithfield and their grant program and committed cooks program. Learn more at smokinwithsmithfield.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the finest pellet cookers on the market. Their website, greenmountaingrills.com. Also by Cookin' Pellets, manufacturer of wood pellets to fire wood pellet cookers. Their website is cookinpellets.com. You can also purchase on Amazon.com as well. This is Chad Hayden with Midsmarter's Barbecue, the 19th annual Jack Daniels World Barbecue Champion, and this is Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the really big barbecue central show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We are broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. And oh my, are we jam-packed for this show. However, we have some time to fit you in. Would love to do that as well. So if you'd like to call or email, this is how you get in touch with the show. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening on the show in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, it is the third Tuesday of the month. So that, of course, will bring a guest from 2015 Hall of Fame inductee, cookbook author, TV show host, cooking class instructor, and overall, great barbecue legend, Stephen Reichland. Barbecue Bible. 
And then at 9.35, we will catch up with one of the creators of the State Cook-Off Association. See what's happened since last chat. See what's happened or what's coming up over the next handful of weeks before we visited him again next month. Brett Galloway. And then we'll move to the second hour, and at 10.14, I have to say, I know I sound like I might be hyping all of the guests all the time on this show, but look, I put the time and effort in to book these people. So yeah, of course I'm excited. I want to introduce people to you that you may not be aware of, or maybe that you've seen on a cursory standpoint or on the periphery of this industry, and really bring them in and introduce them. This guy's got a, an amazing product. You've seen the videos. You know what I'm talking about. It's it's really kind of awesome, I guess, is the, the only way to talk about it. Not awesome in a very fearful, death-defying way, but very impressive, maybe I should say. The creator of the uh, Carson Rodigio, Blake Carson. If you're not familiar with what the Carson Rodizio is, do yourself a favor, Google it now so you have about an hour to realize the awesome that we'll be talking with Blake about. And then at 10.35, we will take a visit from the official Barbecue Central Show Barbecue Sauce and Rub Reviewer, creator of ScottRobertsWeb.com, Scott Roberts will be joining us. That's right, everybody. So that's what's happening on this show this evening. Stephen Reichlin, Brett Galloway, Blake Carson, Scott Roberts, all ready to go. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Get an instant chat from Andy LaFon asking me what size my T-shirt is or what size I wear. Of course, it's extra large because few people in the barbecue industry run a physique like this. So it is extra large. If you have the address, Andy, send it my way. If not, shoot me an email. I'll get it out to you. I'm not going to give it over the air. I don't want people to just send me free stuff for no reason. Of course I do. I'll give it up. Now, uh, hit me up if you need the address, Andy. Happy to sport it here on the show. All right, do me a favor like you do each and every week. Let everybody know the show was on live. Get on the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblrs, Pinterest, all that stuff, and send them to a couple different channels if you would like. If you want to watch the video feed, you head over to OutdoorCookingChannel.com slash watch-now and take in the show via the longtime syndication video partner of this show. If you just want the audio, I certainly understand. No reason to look at me. It's not bringing any extra value to the show, in my opinion. Just hearing the golden tones subdue subdue what's that word that chicks do when they try and get you in the sack uh why so why am i thinking subdue <laughs> that's bad i think i think that's bad well i can't think of it right now i mean it's right there on the tip of my tongue uh, as my uh vocal tones seduce you with their melodic reverations reverations not a word of course uh, or you can send them to Roku if you have one of those or the IP televisions. Go to that particular app store and search for OutdoorCookingChannel.com. If it is there, download it and you can watch the show in high definition if you want. Right there on your big screen television from the comfort of your couch. Also an extensive list of archives. Don't forget you can subscribe to this show so you never miss a live. So if on the, on the off chance you miss a live airing, how dare you? 
You can get this show on podcast, and you can do it through any of the podcast aggregators or feed catchers or whatever you want to call it. A lot of people do it on iTunes. A lot of people are doing it now on the Google Play Music. So just uh, subscribe, search BBQ Central Show, and uh, you're off and running. Subscribe, and you get it every Tuesday night around 11.55, presented to you Wednesday morning for your listening enjoyment as it is convenient for you. All right, attention, contestants, if I may have your attention, please. Please. A barbecue Hello. Central Show exclusive news. Can I have your attention. Greg Rempe reporting from the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio, as we are shouting out to all barbecue contest people, competitors, if you will. There is an event that's going to be taking place August 4th. It is called... The Smithfield Classic, presented by Big Papa Smoke. So, fair warning, both sponsors of this show. But, August 4th, they are going to be doing, I guess, what is more or less like a guinea pig-style competition. Uh, Hosting the event, of course, Smithfield, uh, Big Papa Smokers, uh, Emily, uh, Deidre, Tuffy Stone, Sterling Ball. This, again, is one of those cost-controlled competitions. So what does that mean? Well, let me tell you. For $450, you get entry fee paid. You get Springer Mountain Chicken. You get Smithfield Pork Butt. You get Smithfield Ribs. And you get Snake River Farms Brisket. That's right. $450 all in. Boom. On top of that, there is a kid's queue that's included for one kid. So if you're going to bring the kids to the competition... One of them can partake in the kids' queue. They all get ribbons and cash to keep the uh, they get to keep the little Weber Smoky Joe that they cook on as well. You can take that home. There's a dessert category that is paid with cash. There's a ten thousand six hundred dollar prize pool. Max first fifty teams. Now I have it on good authority, and again this is going to be uh, in uh, oh. The, uh, the Smithfield Classic. So this is in uh, Smithfield, Virginia, by the way. I have it on very good authority from top men that there are a few select spots left. So if you are interested at all, I would highly, highly urge you to head on over to the uh, Arley Q website. I believe he's putting that on and make sure that you sign up. This is a Jack and American Royal qualifier. You do get KCBS Team of the Year points, expanded prize pools because it's a guinea pig style event. The historical average payout is 20% of the field makes money or breaks even, and 60% cash at least one check. Uh, Point of note, however, no electricity, no restrictions in cookers or electronic aids like King of the Smoker. All you have to do is run a generator if you need power. So that is the Smithfield Classic presented by Big Papa Smokers. And be sure to check it out. And again, a very small number of select spots left. So if you're on the fence, don't wait too long because you know what they say to people who wait. You wait, you miss out. Maybe you didn't hear me say that 60% of the field cash at least one check 20% break even or make money 
Rarely do you hear the terms barbecue competition and make money. <laughs> that happens here. So check it out. Smithfield Classic presented by Big Papa Smoker. Again, that's going to be August 4th of this year in Smithfield, Virginia. All right. Looking forward to recapping that when it happens here in a couple months. Folks, are you looking to turn up the heat on your barbecue skill set this summer? If so, you're going to need to get your hands on the most advanced ceramic cooker and high-end tech barbecue accessory to hit the market this year. We are talking about the all-new Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition and the CyberQ Cloud. That's right, just launched by Barbecue Guru. The world's first temperature-controlled ceramic smoker grill with a built-in power draft fan. It's going to give you the easiest and most successful barbecue experience you have ever had, hands down. These must-have new products will make barbecuing easier than ever before and will be your new secret weapon for cooking delicious food each and every time, whether you're on the competition circuit or if you're just in the backyard whipping it up for friends and neighbors. Ready to buy? Head on over to bbqguru.com and grab them up while they last. Demand high for the Monolith Grill and the CyberQ Cloud. If you have any questions about what to order, please call 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. And they will help you get you outfitted with exactly what you need. You can also visit the website bbqguru.com. Again, that's bbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Looking forward to having Bob Trudnack here on this show in a few weeks' time to talk about the monolith, the cloud, uh, the cybercue cloud. That could be a whole new type of game changer. All right, uh, when we come back, it is going to be Stephen Reichlin. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around, we'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, folks, you love to barbecue, you love to compete, you love to win. Do all three with help from Smithfield since 1938. They've been bringing you high-quality fresh pork products, and now they invite you to get smoking with Smithfield. If you're a competitive barbecuer, you can join the Committed Cooks program. Members who commit to cooking with premium hand-trimmed Smithfield fresh pork receive swag and other great prizes. Commit to cook with Smithfield. See what's going on in barbecue at this website, smokinwithsmithfield.com. That's S-M-O-K-I-N, smokinwithsmithfield.com. All right, my next guest is the third Tuesday of the month regular appearer, appearer, 2015 Barbecue Hall of Fame inductee. 
TV show host, barbecue cooking class instructor, which we're actually going to be talking about here this evening. Multiple time, multiple time author, actually on a book tour right now for the new effort. Uh, let's go ahead and welcome back, friend of the show, Stephen Reich. Stephen, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Craig. How are you? I'm absolutely fabulous. Always appreciate you making time for the show, Stephen. And understand that uh, literally hours ago you were on the left coast and perhaps you've made it all the way back to the right now. Uh, yeah, our flight was an hour and a half late. We are racing oh. to catch the ferry, but uh, we made it in time for the show. Is, is there a chance that you might not be able to ferry where you need to go? Like, does it end no, at a certain point? no. Well, yeah, it does, uh, uh -oh. 9.45, but we're going to make it. All right, very good. So, uh, Stephen, let's go ahead, if we could, and recap Barbecue University. I know that happened, I believe it was like last week, but it was, it was a fairly short time ago. And I actually had a listener of mine who was attending the class, so he was kind of recapping it a little bit from his perspective. But for the folks that aren't familiar with Barbecue University and what it's all about, if you could kind of give us a... Uh, you there? Greg, you just... Yo. You there? Mm -mm. Steven? Yeah, I'm here. You faded out a little bit there. Okay, yeah, no problem. Go ahead. Um, I, I was just saying that uh, Barbecue University has... Yeah, I, uh, I got you. You got me now? I got you now. Okay, yeah. Um, I just wanted to start with Barbecue University. It had just ended a short time ago, and I had a listener that was uh, taking the class, actually, so he was kind of giving me some instant feedback, but... For the people who don't know about it, and, and I guess from a high level, tell us a little bit about Barbecue University, what it entails, and if there is going to be another one this year. Well, it's a crash course on barbecuing and grilling. It takes place at the beautiful Broadmoor Resort in Colorado Springs. Uh, three days and nights of uh, amazing food. Uh, our campus, as it were, uh, is a mountainside lodge. Uh, with state-of-the-art amphitheater seating for the first hour, I explain the morning's lessons, show the essential techniques. Then we move everybody out to our burn area where we had, count them, 42 different grills wow. and smokers this year. I divide the group into teams. So I call it a participation demonstration. Uh, basically, everybody gets a turn at the grill. I break the uh, group up into teams. Each team's responsible for the execution of a dish. Uh, once we make the eight dishes in our pro in, uh, that are part of the official part of the menu, um, then we do what I call my little science experiments where we're uh, embellishing and uh, embroidering, uh, creating new dishes. But there's kind of a, a very deliberate pedagogy behind the course. I want to show you all five my methods of live fire cooking. We want to run through all of those 42 grills. Uh, we cover all the major proteins, all the food groups, uh, uh, the appetizers, main course, salads, desserts. Uh, we even did a couple of breakfast dishes. Uh, and it's also, it's great fun. You know, when people aren't grilling in the mornings, they have afternoon off to hike or play golf or enjoy the amazing amenities in uh, the Colorado Springs area. So it's uh, really fun. Do you find that... The folks that are taking this class, and look, I mean, w what year are we in as far as uh, Barbecue University being founded to present day? So this, we celebrated our 10th anniversary wow. at the Broadmoor Resort. It's more like probably 17 or 18 years for me with Barbecue University. Wow, so almost and two decades. Almost two decades. Wow. And if you were going to ask, you know, I mean, one thing I have noticed is that our students are much more sophisticated now than they were 
15 years ago, the kinds of questions being asked, the level of ambition. Uh, you know, the students are sort of responsible for uh, plating their food, doing what we call the presentation. Uh, the presentations have gotten a lot more uh, elaborate and artistic. Uh, but, you know, that, that magic that happens when you throw 50 people together who have never grilled before, and by the third day, they are a well-honed grilling and barbecuing machine. It's, it's really, I've done it a long time, but it never fails to amaze me. Do you attribute the keenness and savvy of the students now over the last handful of years specifically to the proliferation of the internet and being able to see barbecue and grilling on a, on a big scale on television? Well, I think it's so many things. I think it's, uh, the internet. I think it's television. I think it's the, uh, you know, the proliferation of, uh, of, uh, grilling books. Um, I mean, even, you know, even if you look, I walk through the airport, I mean, the level of sophistication of the food at the airports now, uh, compared to what it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. As a nation, we've just, uh, we have a much, uh, much more refined palate, much broader appreciation of international flavors, and this translates to, to grilling. Do you see that as a fad? Do you think in 10 years from now we'll be on a decline of really caring about where protein's coming from and sophistication of menus, regardless of in your an airport or if you're downtown at a metropolitan area or just in the rural areas? I do not see a fad. Uh, see it as a fad. I think that we're going to continue ask, to ask questions. We're going to continue to put more pressure on the uh, the food industry to give us better ingredients. Uh, I, I think once you've gone down that route, you can't go back. Last question about Barbecue University. You've done it for almost 20 years for the beginner. Have you ever considered doing something a little bit more intricate for the um, for like the middle of the road guy who's not a beginner, not an expert, or even for like what people would consider as an expert. Well, funny, Greg, that you should mention that. Uh, I sat down with the new food and beverage manager, and we are cooking up a, an advanced barbecue university or a oh. graduate-level barbecue <laughs> university for next year. It's going to be really incredible. So when you go to bring that to market, are you going to be – I don't want to say having an application, but I mean, will you take all comers or do people really need to have some type of uh, acumen before they decide to take that class? Uh, well, that's a very good question. We haven't gotten that far. I'm sort of still tinkering with what I want to do in the class. Uh, I know there's going to be whole animal butchery. Oh. Uh, I know we're going to set up a fire pit and we're going to do uh, you know, some pretty amazing uh, primal Argentinian fire pit grilling. Um, uh, we also have a spectacular location. Uh, the Broadmoor is spectacular in itself. It's a five-diamond resort uh, in Colorado Springs. But they have a new property that's called Cloud Camp, which is an incredible lodge at 8,000 feet, uh, just in the middle of nowhere in this forest. So you can imagine coming to this advanced course. Uh, we'll have the sommelier for the Broadmoor bring some of the best wines in the uh, cellar. Uh, it's going to be a pretty amazing experience. Stephen Reichland joining me here on the show, barbecuebible.com, his website, of course. Stephen, obviously we have July 4th coming up, uh, a well-recognized grilling and barbecue holiday. Do you have any things that you might be making this year that are a little out of the ordinary or, or perhaps your go-to menu items for a July 4th type of celebration? Well, you know, um, 
we're uh, we're in Martha's Vineyard for July Fourth, and so our July Fourth menu is always very seafood uh, forward, seafood heavy. I know there will be grilled lobsters. I know there will be grilled corn. Uh, I know there will be freshly dug uh, little neck clams that will grill. Uh, probably a, a blueberry uh, crisp on the with smoked ice cream on the uh, on the grill. Uh, that's sort of become our family tradition. From a summer trends standpoint, do you see anything appearing as we kind of get into the official days of summer that maybe you didn't expect? I know we had done your 2017 prognostications, but as you see the summer start to ramp up, are there things popping up that you want to tell us about or things that you might expect to see as the summer wears on? Well, I've noticed a couple trends since I've uh, been out on book tour for barbecue sauces, rubs, and marinades. And one is that Wagyu beef uh, seems to be proliferating and lesser cuts of Wagyu beef, Wagyu beef skirt steaks, Wagyu beef uh, flap steak. Uh, So that's pretty interesting. Another thing I've noticed, and I've sort of been waiting for it, is we're getting away, you know, it used to be the Bible thick steak, the double Bible thick steak, the three bone thick pork chop. People are grilling thinner cuts of meat now, uh, thin pork chops. And they're really great to do uh, because you get maximum char and maximum fire flavor. Uh, In the new book, I've got the Monroe County dip, which is a a fiery cayenne and hot sauce based, butter based dip. And that's really great with uh, another cut I'm starting to see more and more of, and that is the pork shoulder steak. So you take a pork shoulder, which is tender, beautifully marbled, as anybody know who's ever made pulled pork, and you do as they do in St. Louis. You cut it into finger-thick steaks on a bandsaw. Those steaks are incredible for grilling. Uh, There are really only two parts of the country now that enjoy them, and one is... uh, St. Louis and the other is Monroe County in Kentucky, but I think you're going to see a lot more of those steaks uh, in the coming months. From a finishing standpoint, is it normal, like 135 pork? Do you want to take it higher than that? Well, I go to 145 pork minimum, but it depends what your ultimate um, goal is. You know, if you want to pull pork, you've got to take it more like to 195, 200, overcook it. If, on the other hand, you're cooking one of these pork steaks, you know, I, I mean, they're so thin, you can't really take the temperature easily. You do it by color, which is dark golden brown and sizzling. They're pretty fat. So, you know, you want to you don't want to serve them uh, medium rare because you want to cook that fat out. If, on the other hand, I were doing a pork chop or a pork loin or pork tenderloin. Yeah, there I'd be kind of 145, 150. Stephen Reichland joining me here on the show. Steve, let me transition awkwardly into the Texas barbecue topic. And I've been asking some people here and there recently. It's always it's widely considered to be one of the original meccas of barbecue. You have Memphis, you have the Carolinas, Texas, obviously uh, Kansas City. But it seems over the last, uh, ever since Aaron Franklin came on the scene, that Texas barbecue has really jumped out as far as being popular. From, from a ratings standpoint, and I don't know if you want to put yourself out like this, obviously the barbecue, the barbecue is great, but do you think that it's getting – is it overrated by any chance? Uh, I would have a hard time saying that good Texas barbecue is overrated. Good, good Texas barbecue is about as good as any barbecue on the planet uh, is 
hell, it's about as uh, excellent as any food on the planet is. And that is not to take anything away from Kansas City or Memphis, but I think that uh, guys like Aaron Franklin and John Aaron Franklin and John Lewis have just taken Texas barbecue to uh, another level. And one way to see that is to look at exports. You know, right after Texas, I would rank Brooklyn, New York as sort of the, the, the new barbecue epicenter of the barbecue brisket town. Um, I do not think you can overrate Texas barbecue. Let me ask you to define this term. And we've heard it for years and years, and just recently I decided that I was going to take people to task at it and see if it's something that maybe we should eliminate from the barbecue and grilling lexicon or not, and that is the term pitmaster. So is there a definition to Stephen Reichlin for the term pitmaster? Yeah, a pitmaster oh. is a guy who has uh, mastered the art of slow-smoking meat uh, often he is a competition barbecuer. Often he uh, runs a restaurant. Uh, but, uh, absolutely, there's a pitmaster. Um, you know, there's also a grill master who's done the same thing for grilling instead of smoking. Uh, I used to call them dr- grill jockeys. I kind of like that metaphor with uh, you know, horseback riding and uh, and grilling. But you know. To me, sorry, I'm you're trying to shatter shibboleths here, and I'm 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 not buying it. <laughs> well, I, I guess so. Here's the where we can get into intricacies that could wind and wind and wind. If if you can put a definition on it, then obviously there has to be ways to then qualify. So, do we need to start making certain? levels of pit master where if you can do it this way then you're like a level one pit master or you're a pit kid or a pit novice or something along these lines uh you know for me it's kind of one of those uh, it's a little bit like literature you know what what is great literature well i know it when i see it you know i know it when i read it and i would say that's the same for a pit master right. i uh i know it when i eat his food so just having <laughs> it on your shirt doesn't mean you're a pit master no, absolutely not. And, and by the way, I mean, it's more than just turning out uh, amazing and excellent meat. Um, being a pit master, you know, it's the, the, if you are in the business professionally, if you have a restaurant, it's also knowing how to run a business. It's knowing how to manage employees. It's knowing how to manage team members. Um, it's, you know, characteristics. It's, uh, I think it's sharing your knowledge. I think at some point you want to mentor a younger generation that comes into being a pit master. You know, I don't think it's just fierce, uh, competition and name calling. Stephen Reichlin joining me here on the show. Uh, I think I had made a, a prediction as well in the beginning of 2017, that this was going to be a year that we saw the continued popularity of the high heat pizza trend, whether it's the Forno ovens or a lot of people are making accessories to kind of achieve that that high heat as well. Are you still seeing that kind of a, of a trend this summer? Well, I think pizza on the grill is bigger than ever, um, you know, with pizza stones, with grilled top pizza ovens, with wood burning ovens. By the way, had dinner at a really interesting restaurant in Seattle last night called The Whale Winds. The Whale Winds. <laughs> and... Uh, they have uh, they had just a giant wood burning oven and every dish in that uh, on that menu uh, came um, uh, came from the wood burning oven. 
uh, incredible smoky flavor. Uh, just really, uh, really beautiful food. So, yeah, I think that's going to continue. Uh, Stephen, last question, and I promise I'll let you go. Uh, summer cocktails, do you have one that you like to turn to or a few that you like to turn to when the weather gets hot? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, something we did at Barbecue University that I really love is a grilled sangria. And to make a grilled sangria, uh, you grill the fruit, you grill limes, lemons, oranges, grapefruits, dip them in sugar first, caramelize them. Then they get cut up, they get mashed up in a bowl with uh, brown sugar and fire-charred cinnamon sticks. Uh, you add rum, or bourbon, or gin, whatever your flavoring is. And then finally, for a white sangria, you add Prosecco. That gives you the carbonation. For a red sangria, you add Lambrusco. He is Stephen Reichlin racing back to Martha's Vineyard. BarbecueBible.com is his website, and you see him here on the show the third Tuesday of the month. Stephen, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. Great talking to you, Greg. Have a happy 4th of July, everybody, and I'll catch you next month. All right, there he is. Stephen Reichlin right there, Mr. Barbecue Hall of Fame. All guests on the Barbecue Central Show will appear via the the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. So, there you have it. Does anybody drink sangria? My wife loves sangria. Oh, my. We go out to the high-dollar restaurants because I roll like that. (laughs) And if there is sangria on the handcrafted cocktail menu, she will always try it. Big fan. So, grilled. I remember four, five. You know, it marvels how much time... And how quickly time passes as I do the show. But I remember the Grill Girl coming up with grilled cocktails like uh, grilled lemonade or was it grilled margaritas. But she was grilling lemons and limes and it really took off. Maybe it was even longer than that. Jeez Louise. I think it's really caught on since then. She might have been the grilled cocktail instigator if you want to say it like that. So shout out to Robin. Look at you, trendsetter. That's right. Uh, BarbecueBible.com is Stephen's website. You can check that out. And, of course, uh, Barbecue Sauce, Rubs, and Marinades is the book that he is promoting now. That is a facelift slash update on the original Barbecue Sauces, Rubs, and Marinades. And, again, available for sale right now. Uh, So, as he said, keep an eye out for the master's class or the graduate class for Barbecue University. Actually, I do want to give proper credit to uh, Dennis Busso, who was actually at Barbecue University, giving me kind of an inside scoop and said, hey, since you have Steven on tonight, ask him about something maybe that's a little bit more intricate for the guys that and gals that have a working knowledge of the live fire, you know, see what he could do. So there you go. It's kismet, I tell you. Folks, Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop shop for anyone interested in barbecue, featuring a comprehensive selection of all-American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, even a kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers has made a name for itself by winning, sorry, by making an award-winning line of championship rubs. Their rubs have won almost every major barbecue event, period. They've also banded together with fellow California-based rub maker Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what is now known as the West Coast Offense. You know about it. They defy conventional wisdom. They cornered the market on competitive barbecue. They have redefined the flavor profiles that cooks use across the country. 
They've even created two of their own unique competitions, King of the Smoker, of course, and the Guinea Pig Competition. The Guinea Pig is a cost-controlled event that helps bring in newcomers to the world of competitive barbecue. Also features prize distribution all the way down to 10th place in each category. That helps provide incentive to get new competitors into the world of barbecue and keep the savvy veterans. On top of all of that, Big Papa's created that unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team. That features 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind, they've been able to do all this within six, seven years of being in business. Come on. Turning the competition barbecue world on its head. That's number one. Number two, creating their own unique competitions. Number three, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain. That's BJ's Restaurant Brewhouse. And, of course, most importantly, benefiting children's charities across the U.S., And this really continues to be just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. So, hey, check them out. BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. Brett Galloway coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Now, let's get back to the LeBron James of Barbecue Talk, Craig Rampey. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. If you're looking for something medium-sized, they got you covered there, too. They got something you can take on tailgates or camping trips, no problem. Also, the new pizza accessory. Put it right there on top of the burn pot. You got 900 degree Jones there for your high heat pizzas like we were just talking to Stephen about. Check them out online at GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Check them out. I love my Green Mountain Grills. I have two now, Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone. So if I love mine, you know you're going to love yours. You've been hearing more and more about these events. Uh, I had them on last month, wanted to do a monthly segment where we catch up with these guys and make sure that you know what's happening in the world of the Steak Cook-Off Association. So we head on over to the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Brett Galloway. Brett, how are you, buddy? Doing good, buddy. How are you doing? Absolutely fabulous, Brett. Appreciate you making time for the show as always. So I guess before we get into the what's coming up, as we take a look back here over the last month, uh, maybe some of the the big stake events that took place and some of the big things within the organization. Well, uh, big things that have happened recently, we just signed a deal with Japan, so we're going to Japan. Wow. Um, Got a new deal with Mexico. We're going to be going to Mexico, which I'm excited about. I think that'll be awesome. And, uh, gosh, we've got a big weekend this weekend with five events. So talk to me about how a deal with Japan 
comes about? Is that like, <laughs> uh, is it an American in Japan who loves to cook steak that makes it happen? Or do you just have burgeoning steak cooking fans in Jap- in Japan that want you to come over? You know, we're part of the National Barbecue Association. And at the conference, our first year, we met the folks that had the Kobe beef and um, just became friends with them and have met up with them every year. And this year they talked to us and they want to do an event and a judging class in Japan. And then they want to start a whole series over there. And so uh, I guess we're going to be cooking Kobe. Is that going to be the steak that you're going to be using for the cook-offs? The first one we will be. It's it's a challenge. And then after that, I'm not sure what exactly we'll be using. So, I I mean, that that stuff's so rich. (laughs) From well, yeah, rich, rich in every sense of the word too. I would imagine. Yes, yes, sir, for sure. From a logistics standpoint, are you going to have to be over in Japan for a you know undetermined amount of time, or, or is that something that you can kind of lay the groundwork over the course of a week or two and then leave and have them kind of run it from there? Yeah, we're going to go over there similar to what we did in Europe, lay the groundwork, do a class, give them enough judges to help them run their first couple events and teach the leadership of the Japanese Barbecue Association how to do it. And just we're going to partner with them and uh, hopefully grow it over there. There's a Japanese Barbecue Association? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Wow. Are they cooking the traditional American Southern-style barbecue meats? Uh, they're trying to, yes. Wow. Yes, they actually competed at Memphis in May. Some of the guys did. And I think they got sixth in barbecue sauce, if I remember right. Really? Which yeah. Wow. You learn something new every day. I'd like to say I've, I think I have a pulse on what's yeah. happening in the world of uh, of barbecue in general. I had no idea that the Japanese were into the into the barbecue scene. Uh, steak, I can I, I can see obviously because they have the best steak in the world, of course. But um, so, I guess from a business standpoint, are they are they paying you like a sanctioning fee, like a KCBS gets, or how does that relationship work between uh, you and Japan? It'll work very similar to you know that situation where we'll go, it'll be a sanctioning fee for each event, um, but you know hopefully it's a long term relationship where they'll kind of partner with us and be our people on the ground over there that can help us spread it into because they they want the rights to Japan, Korea, and one other ah anyway, but they want the rights to three different countries wow. to run SCA events over there. They think you know it'll really take off over there. What kind so, of a what kind pretty. of a what kind of a membership do they have numbers wise? Theirs is pretty small right now. Their membership is, but you know, I think it can. I think it'll definitely grow once it gets going. <laughs> They're more into educating people right now about barbecue, kind of like they did in Australia three years ago. And if you watch their social media, they just hit forty thousand in their their uh, Australasian barbecue group today. Yeah, Forty thousand followers on that page. That's uh, an incredible thing that's happening down in Australia. You do steak Jeez. cooks down there too, right? We do. Yeah, Jay does a great job down there. Jay and Adam, actually, Jess is part of that group as well. You yeah. had her on last week. Nice. Um, so Mexico, similar ideas. Uh, Japan, or have they already had some some things <laughs> going on down there? Yeah, actually, it's a group down there. These guys have competed at Memphis and May also. They're friends of Mark Lambert's and. Oh. They invited us to come down to one event, and then he contacted us and said, hey, let's do an SCA event. We'd like to help you grow SCA down here. We think it'd be very successful. And just a minute ago, we talked about 
40,000 in the Australasian barbecue yeah. alliance, right? These guys, and I'll butcher the name if I say it, but they have their own association down there, kind of a grilling deal. And there's 342,000 people what? on their group page. Wow. Yes. And uh, these guys, I looked it up. It looks like Memphis and May the Cook-Offs are at. They've got sponsorships from HEB, which is a big grocery chain in South Texas, mm-hmm. as well as Mexico. They've got meat companies sponsoring these things. And he thinks, as hot as it is down there, the barbecue's doing great, you know, running the two-day event. But he thinks a one-day event would be a, a hit down there. So he's real excited. And we're excited. We're excited to go down there and do our first event. You know, I think the last time we talked, we were talking about how the SCA event works either in conjunction with some type of a festival or, you know, the day before you would run a KCBS event or as a standalone. Do you find that the ones that are going to be taking place outside of the U.S. are going to be a majority of standalone events or will they be involved in some type of other festival to, to garner that attraction? I believe to get started over there, most of ours are going to be um, in conjunction with something else, with another organization's um, event as well. But I think in the future, it'll there'll be many more standalones. But it, what it does is it exposes us to new markets, to new cookers, to new people that we would normally be in front of. And once they get a taste of it, they generally come back. So what, is there a hurdle or a barrier to entry to have just a standalone steak cook-off event? Like if I called you up and said, hey, Brett, I want to do some type of a steak cook-off event in downtown Cleveland, and I don't want anything else associated with it. We just want to focus on it. Is that a, a doable thing? And, and what would I need to do in order to, to make that happen? Just from a high level, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. It could happen, and it, it happens all the time. We, the majority of our events here in America are that way. There are standalone steak events with one ancillary, whether it be pork chop with it or appetizer, burger, hot dogs we did last week. You know, it just appeals to, uh, I don't know, I'd say we have a larger market potential. More people have a grill in their backyard than a smoker by far. And everybody thinks they're the king of the cul-de-sac, don't they? Oh, everybody. Everybody. And, you know, you get a group of guys together and they all start beating on their chest. And next thing you know, three of them are entered to compete against each other in this little steak cook-off to figure out who's actually the king of the cul-de-sac. And that's what helps us grow. So I would need to get, like, judges certified and get our sanctioning thing worked out between us. And then, you know, what else do you need to, to have something come off as a singular event? Well, just on the higher level, you do. We would do a sanctioning agreement. We get that done. Yep. We have certified judges kind of surrounding that area. If we wanted to do one there, we could do one, and you know, train some people in that market for the first time. But I believe we'd probably have enough certified judges in the surrounding states that would come in and run the come in and uh, judge the event. Teams love the certified judges. It seems to give a give a little bit more consistency to the judging. And the judges, it's a great day when you sit around on a Saturday and taste steak all afternoon. Yeah, of course. So are there regions in the country right <laughs> now that are a little bit more represented or able to pull from surrounding areas, depending on where an event would be, where you could pull something like this off? Uh, you know, we've got some markets that are real strong with judges. We're moving into Tennessee pretty good this year. And 
I have a class uh, coming up on Saturday, and I've got 60 students in the class wow. or 60 future judges. So you're not hurting for so judges is what you're saying? <laughs> uh, no, no, we're not really hurting for judges. There's certain markets we are. Um, believe it or not, Texas, where we're from, the majority, we've probably trained more people here than any other state, but it's a lot of the cookers. They want to know the entire system. They take the class and they compete. And there's times I'm struggling to find enough certified here in Texas. For, sounds crazy. Well, everything uh, everything is, is, is weird at certain points. Uh, Brett Galloway joining me here on the show. StayCookoffs.com, the website, if you want to check it out. You said you got five events coming up this weekend. Where are they going to be at? And is, is one any more, I uh, almost used incredibly poor English, is, is one... Is there one like a showcase or, or highlight over the rest of them? Yeah, it's probably the last one of the weekend, but on Thursday, we've got a, a judges class in Belvedere, Illinois. Uh, we also have a cook-off there on Saturday. We also have a cook-off Saturday in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Uh, then we have a event in, where is it? On Sunday in Atlanta, Georgia, which is Alpharetta, just outside Atlanta. Mm -hmm. It's a PK Girls event. I think we've got eight people that are already qualified for the championship or have won an SE event in that group. Oh, wow. That's going to be a great event. And then we have a fundraiser on Saturday. It's for one of our cookers that came down with a stage. He's been diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And a lot of the teams are banding together, cooking that event. SCA, we're, we're just running it for, you know, for him and every penny is going back to him and his family and, He's, he's one of our cookers that cooks quite, he used to cook quite a few events. So that's one that tug, uh, definitely tugs at the heartstrings and Indeed. we're just trying to come together to support him. That's a great thing that you guys are doing. Um, let me ask you one quick question, Brett, and I'll let you go. As sure. far as, you know, judging consistency, you hear about it all the time in KCBS. It in fact, always seems to be kind of a hornet's nest when you're talking to the competitors, what do you do or what are you doing to find that consistency that maybe some of the barbecue sanctioning bodies seem to not be able to put a finger on? Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not sure what they do or how they control it, but one of the things we've did, which may be a little unorthodox, is Ken and I personally, we teach every judge's class. So every judge around the world has listened to the same information. It's been Ken or I or both of us together teaching the class. So the information is that's been disseminated to them is the same stuff. They're not getting it from a different person that may see it a different way. Um, they're all on the same information. And, and the biggest part is they, they realize these cookers are working hard out there. And um, as long as they have a great understanding of what they're doing, everything's subjective in the judging area other than doneness. You know, we have a set standard. It's a warm pink center. We have a picture uh, the cooks see it. The judges see it. I got 35 of them sitting on my desk at the office. That picture's not going anywhere. We're using it. But that's the one thing that's the consistent. And we, we wouldn't dare tell them flavor-wise profile what they like. That's what they, that's their decision. Appearance is what they like. We just give them guidelines and it's ultimately their decision on judging. So when but, you're giving the class, will you have somebody cook steaks and show you, okay, this is medium rare. Okay, this is more medium well. So they've either shot under or shot over what your desired temp is. And, and do they do that without any type of seasoning on the steak? 
yeah, the, we'll ask somebody that took the cl- for the class, and we'll ask them to overcook some, over cook some perfect, overcook some, and then we'll send the steaks down to the judging table. And I'll stand at the end of the table and I'll look at the ticket and I'll look at the steak and we'll compare scores just to see, make sure we're on there. Cause people's natural preference or natural tendency is to lean towards what they like. If you see someone gave it a 10 and everybody else gave it a seven or a six, well, I can look at the steak and say, Hey, that's, that's very overdone guys. Like, well, I prefer a medium well steak. Yeah. Well, you know, we need to judge against the standard, not against our own preferences. But we do that on each table at the judge in the judging class. That uh, could be where the where the tick lies, too. By the way, so uh, we're talking with Brett Galloway. He <laughs> is at the Stay Cookoff Association. Uh, Staycookoffs dot com is the website. Five events coming off this weekend, and Brett appreciate the time, and we will look for you again next month. Appreciate it, buddy. You Have got a great it. night. You too. There he Take is. Care. That is Brett Galloway. Stay Cook-Off Association. How about that? Absolutely. All guests on the Barbecue Central Show appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. So, it does appear that singular events are uh, becoming more and more popular, or at least you're able to do it. I know there's a guy in the chat room that was probably interested in hearing some of that. And I'll be getting an email offline. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about Cook Shack. They manufacture smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you barbecue in the backyard or the competition circuit or in a five-star dining facility. Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job and with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, wood chunks. It's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, Two blogs, Smoke and Grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Yes, they still have one of those, too. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion. Ed Fast Eddie Morin. The FEC 100 and the PG 1000 are always customer favorites. PG 1000 can double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow or hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cookshack Residential Electric Smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Here's the deal. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cookshack. That's the bottom line. Passion and dedication drives Cookshack's manufacturing with quality, always being at the forefront Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call them 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Or visit that website. Again, it's cookshack.com. That's cookshack.com. If you are looking for a pellet-fired high-heat pizza oven, they just unveiled one at the National Restaurant Association deal in Chicago over at McCormick. So check out their website for some of the video that the guy was cooking there. Looks pretty cool. Residential model should be out this summer as well. We'll talk with Stuart Powell, hopefully, on when that might get released to keep up with the high heat pizza fat. And we're going to come back and wrap up the first hour here in just one second. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Hey, welcome back. Thanks again to Brett Galloway from the SCA, State Cook-Off Association. I don't know if you saw this or not in the Boston Globe. Following complaints, Cambridge Restaurant ordered to stop cooking with charcoal and wood. Cambridge health officials have ordered the owners of Shepherd Restaurant and Bar in Cambridge to immediately stop using charcoal and wood for cooking. Following complaints from neighbors that smoke was seeping into their homes and affecting their health, in a decision released this past Monday, Cambridge Health Commissioner Patrick Wardle said the restaurant's use of wood and charcoal as a cooking source and the smoke, the odor emanating from its exhaust stack, have caused a conditions of nuisance, which is injurious to public health. Wardell acknowledged that Shepard's owner, Renee Becker and Susan Regis, have tried to mitigate the problem, including by installing a vent scrubber system to filter particulates, but the smoke is still an issue. So, no smoke for you! It's happening all across this great country. You remember what happened, like, was it three or four years ago when the guy was given a ticket? Some guy in Florida was given a ticket because somebody complained that smoke was getting into their backyard. Shout out to my neighbors for... Okay. Shout out to my neighbors (laughs) for not calling the cops on me three weeks ago when I had all of the grills going. And a good handful of them were live firewood with smoke. And they were downwind. They didn't call the cops on me. I appreciate that. You get the wrong neighbor, you're getting a visit from the cops who's citing you for smoke leaving your yard. Smoke. I think it smells delicious. Anybody not a fan of smoke? Thanks to uh, Eugene Apicella for uh, sending me that. I got a email from Adam from Big Awesome Barbecue. Greg, I've been listening to your debate about the term pitmaster the last few weeks and have enjoyed the discussion. Here's how I break it down. There are three levels. You have a pit hand who is basically a pit bitch. They chop the wood, tend the fire, carry the stuff. Then there's pit boss. They oversee the pit hand and are in control of the meat. They put it in, ensure all the processes are being handled. He's doing the actual cooking and make sure everything is cooked correctly. Then you have the pitmaster. They created the recipes, the process, they own the equipment. They work in all areas of the cook as needed. They bankroll the whole thing. That's how I define it, just another outlook. To add to the debate, thank you, Adam Viroff. I probably said your last name wrong, Adam, but I appreciate you writing in and telling me what you think Pitmaster is. Everybody listening in podcast, if you want to send me an email on what you think a Pitmaster is, Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. That's how you get in touch with me. 
You can also let me know that you're listening from wherever. However you found the show, I'll get it in. Love to put you guys on the air. You write in, I'll get you on the air. I swear. I swear. Not even kidding. All right. We're going to step away real quick and reload for the second hour. Big second hour planned, by the way. So I hope you're very excited. Don't forget you can subscribe to this show via podcast on iTunes, Google Music, Google Play. Yeah. All right. uh, Stick around. We'll be right back. to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show Boing. we cook because we have to and we grill because we want to hit me fine how's it going you <laughs> <laughs> have a great show i'm a big fan Boing. so what 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 seems to be the problem here this man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle charbono it's all about the charbono dude Succulent fish, what? He ate two feet before we nursed. Oh, listen, Laverne, shit feet. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. How do you do? By the way, I've been getting emails saying that the show isn't on Facebook Live tonight. That is uh, absolutely 100% true. And I have no reason to tell you why that is, other than the fact that uh, when I want to output it in my XSplit software, it said there was a problem. It said no. I'm not going to do that. I'm not doing that today. No Facebook. So I am recording it on my hard drive, and I will upload it to Facebook. After the show ends, so you can see it. Don't worry. Uh, Folks, this is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We do it each and every week here on a Tuesday outside of Cleveland, Ohio. So, if you want to jump in on the show tonight, this is how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com on the Twitter and Instagram at BBQCentralShow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, the BBQCentralShow.com. Like, if you're just tuning in now, you missed the first hour. What? What? How dare you? Never you fear, though. 
get it on podcast. That's fine. Happy to have you on podcast. That's how most of you get it anyway. Don't even know why I do this live show anymore. <laughs> I do it for you people that are tuning in right now. That's why I do it. I can tell you that. Dave Bosk is in. Sylvie Curry is in. Congratulations to Sylvie. She's been married for 700 years. To a fabulously named individual named Greg. Not me. The other Greg's way more handsome than your humble hoe. Still to come on this show this evening. Blake Carson from Carson Rodizio and Scott Roberts from ScottRobertsWeb.com. Barbecue food for you, weighing in on the instant chat in regards to defining of a pitmaster. That sounds like a big operation. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> got to have the pit bitch. You got to have the pit boss. And you got to have the pit master. Yeah. I don't know if that means... it. Well, according to his definition, one cannot be all. The In order to be a pit master, you need to be overseeing at least two other people which uh, could be a small business in itself. So there you go. Uh, folks, the National Pro Barbecue Tour presented by Smith's, uh, presented by Sam's Club rolled into Alpharetta, Georgia this past weekend, which, if I'm not mistaken, is where the State Cook-Off Association is going to be this coming weekend in Alpharetta, Georgia. They just missed each other. Uh, this one for the... National Pro Barbecue Tour was a local qualifier that sends the top six teams to Bartlett, Tennessee's regional final on July 1st. And those teams are in particular order, as I say each and every week. Uh, we call first place Grand Championship here in the world of barbecue with a 701.6. Wow, that's good. Q Bones Barbecue is in first position. Number two, Swine and Shine Barbecue. With a 693.6, Potts Barbecue, third place. We Q for you, fourth. Swine Dining, Georgia, fifth. And rounding out the top six, Angry Jack Barbecue. Looking at one and two, again, 701.6 wins it. And Swine and Shine Barbecue was a 693.6, so damn near eight points. Well, I'll go up. Is that right? Yeah. Seven gets you to 100. Yeah. Damn near eight points. Well, eight points, I guess. Separated one and two. And uh, four points between two and three. Five points between three and four. A point or less between four and five. And uh, about six-tenths of a point separate five and six. So very close at the end. Uh, there was a roughly an 18-point gap between one and six. So Q-Bone's bringing it strong. The next National Pro Barbecue Tour event takes place this coming weekend in one of my favorite places in the country, Birmingham, Alabama. Good luck to everybody competing there. Got an email from Nicholas Brown. Greg, want to thank you for putting on a great show each week. Even though I stay in an apartment and I can't grill or smoke like I want, I still tune in weekly, and I appreciate all your hard work, so keep it up. Thanks, Nicholas L. Brown. P.S., that city in Georgia, Alpharetta, is pronounced Alpharetta. Hope that helps. That helps. Thank you, Nicholas L. Brown. 
And the L stands for Lawrence. Let's go with Lawrence. You tell me if I'm right, Nicholas. Write me back. Let me know. I do want to mention one more time that uh, August 4th is that Smithfield Classic, Smithfield Barbecue Classic, which is in the vein of guinea pig. So uh, very few spots left. So if you're on the fence, you're definitely going to want to go over there and get registered. That's uh, an Arley Q run event. So check it out. Also, uh, I believe Randall Bowman and Arley Q were putting on a guinea pig in July. That one also has limited spaces left, so head on over to Q's website. Both are up there. Get registered. Don't get left out in the cold. You don't want to be the joke of all your friends. Do it now or after the show ends immediately. So last week I had teased the fact that I had gotten a reply from one of the two top men. So there's... There is top man in the state of Ohio. That, of course, is Senator John Kasich, who ran for president. He didn't win. The other top men in the state of Ohio are Sherrod Brown and the other senator. Maybe Mike DeWine. I don't think it is, though. I think it's, uh, oh, what the hell's his name? It's uh, Sherrod Brown and that guy that I saw for months and months in my face, and I can't remember his name now. But that's all right. Who cares? Because I didn't get anything from him. But I did get something from who? United States Senator of Ohio, Sherrod Brown. I did not just do that. And it reads as such, and I quote, Dear Mr. Rempe, thank you for expressing your support for legislation that would prohibit the slaughter of horses for food. I didn't write that. Come on, Sherrod. In January 2014, Congress passed the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2014 which included an amendment that prohibited the use of Department of Agricultural funds for the inspection of horse meat for human consumption, effectively banning horse slaughter in the United States from October 2014 through September 2015. The Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2016 contained the same provision, was expanded to include fee-based inspections, and is effective through April 28th, 2017, I voted in favor of both of these bills. Bills. All animals deserve humane and fair treatment. Throughout my public service career, I have been an advocate for the human treatment of animals and the passage of the fair and compassionate animal welfare legislation. I will keep your advocacy in mind as the Senate considers relevant legislations in the future. Thank you again for contacting my office. Sincerely. Sherrod Brown. So what have we deduced from here? What have we deduced? Sherrod Brown does not read his email. Oh, Sherrod. I'm glad I didn't vote for you. I voted for the senators that can read. (laughs) You can only imagine my excitement when I saw that Sherrod Brown had taken the time to write me specifically 
and alone, not carbon copied into a bunch of other weirdos. It was right to me personally. And then five words into the first sentence, he lost me. I wrote him back. I said, hey, share it. Did you read the email? Because what you just wrote to me was completely the opposite of what I wrote to you. I want legislation removing the fee-based inspections. I want the FDA to be able to inspect horse meat for human consumption. And when can we get on this? And if ASAFP isn't the answer, then that's too long. (laughs) I'm waiting for a reply. All right, folks, grilling season is officially open for business. And the place to head for all your barbecue and grilling needs is Butcher Barbecue. Boom. Certainly we know by now that Butcher's carries a great selection of barbecue products, but their portfolio of grilling items continues to expand as well. You've heard about me talking about grilling oils for a while now, and I really believe that these products will change the way you cook forever. These items are shelf-stable, do not require refrigeration like a lot of those other butters do. With grilling oils, all you need to do is leave them by the stove or take them out to the grill. Then, and only then, use as needed. Need a butter kick? Use butter flavor. Want a chipotle kick or a steakhouse kick? They got those flavors as well. Here's how I use them. The flavors aren't aggressive, so you can build layers of flavor as you flip. Then, when I steak the steak or burger off or pork chop or whatever, Hit it with a little grilling oil before I set it on the table. Capella. Perfect. And because they're shelf-stable, as I just mentioned, it's never out of sight, out of mind. You know, that's that's what it is for me. I might like something a lot. I got to put it somewhere, and then it's out of sight, out of mind. It's a waste. You don't have to do that with grilling oil. Never resting on his proverbial laurels, Dave, always in favor of hitting the flavor lab and coming up with new stuff. The newest item right now is his Grilling Addiction Seasoning, available for sale at ButcherBBQ.com. Lastly, Dealers Wanted. That's right. If you currently own a barbecue and grilling supply store and don't carry the Butcher lineup, what are you waiting for? Hit up ButcherBBQ.com. Request information on how to become a dealer for them today. Not only will Dave thank you and me, but your customers will reap the rewards by getting these fine products in their dirty little mitts to try for themselves. These products extensively tested both in the backyard and on the competition trails. By the way, winning on both accounts. You know they're going to deliver the goods. That's the bottom line. Here's what you do. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Check out all the products. You'll be happy that you did. That's ButcherBBQ.com, Butcher's Barbecue. Always trust your butcher. We are back with Blake Carson right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead, the author of a barbecue Bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. 
Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. You can visit CookinPellets.com to purchase, or if you would like, you can buy them from Amazon.com. Download their free app, CookinPellets.com. Download the free app. Get alerted to special shipping deals when they happen. Also, new products, all that stuff. No other pellet manufacturer has their own app. What are you waiting for? Get on over there for crying out loud. You know you're going to love it. CookinPellets.com. All right, my first guest in the second hour of making a run at trying to revolutionize kebab-style cooking, if you would even call it that. If you're on food social media, you inevitably have seen these products. Let's head to the hotline and welcome first-timer to the show and the creator of the Carson Rodigio, Blake Carson. Blake, how are you, buddy? Hello? You there, Blake? I can hear you. What's going on? Right. How are you, man? Oh, man, hanging in there, hanging in there, cleaning up from a big wedding we had this weekend. Beautiful. But other than that. Great. All right. Uh, so let me try and call you back because it sounds like you're in the wind. So uh, hold on one second. Okay. Connection sounded like butt talks. <laughs> Your connection sound like butt talks to me. Nobody knew I could do uh, Forrest Gump, right? Yeah. Blake. You there? Yeah, that's better. Love it. All right, big wedding that you're just cleaning up from. So I guess before we dive into the Carson Rodigio uh, intimates, a little background about you, uh, where you live, where you grew up, all that good stuff. Uh, born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, played soccer my whole life. So this soccer is why I fell into all this, actually. I was in Brazil playing soccer, and we would play soccer during the day, and at night we would party on the barbecue with the Brazilian-style Rodizio, and it was like, there's something to this. It's amazing. and So brought it back with me when I was 14 and been living the dream ever since. 14? Yeah, 13, actually, but I went back when I was 14. How old are you now? 34. So 20 years you've been uh, carrying this love affair. Yeah, it's, it's a, been a burning feeling for about that long, for wow. sure. Uh, and it, it's like, well... The whole tool thing—you needed to create an instrument that allowed you to, 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 tr- to do that style of barbecue—and there wasn't anything on the market. So it's like I had to just come up with something to provide that feeling. So you said you were uh, originally from uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Obviously, that is one of the original barbecue meccas, if you will. So yep, I assume—I uh-huh. mean, I assume you've been around it all your life. Yep, born and raised. Uh, you know, it's part of the part of the fabric around here but with my add and constantly needing to run around and soccer and rock and roll and blues music and when you get exposed to a a style of barbecue like in brazil with the constant variety and the open flame the showmanship of it it's just the rock and roll version of barbecue versus you know the status quo of looking at a lid and, and looking at temperatures you know it's just i growing up around that i loved it the flavor and all the thing about it but i needed something a little more to to satisfy my attention deficit, uh, hyperactive, whatever they call it these days. Blake Carson. And so, Go ahead. So yeah, Brazil barbecue is it. So it just it's just been a love affair. Uh, you know, kind of deep down, like, you know, if you're born for something, this would be it for me. Blake Carson joining me here on the show. CarsonRodizio.com is the website if you want to check it out here while we're talking. Um, 
Like if you could for like nobody that's uh, for anybody that hasn't been to Memphis uh, and I, you know Beale Street is kind of that unique street of the city. Can you can yep. you kind of paint and a picture of what the culture and what the vibe is like downtown? The culture and vibe downtown right now is going crazy. It's hopping. It's growing. There's so much going on. All parts of the city. There's just a there's an entrepreneurial vibe around here. That it's a spirit that's it's contagious. Uh, you know, we we have a very great food scene. There's so many just awesome chefs that come out of here, and of course the whole Memphis barbecue network with uh, Barbecue Fest, and it's just it's just a, it's if you picture rock and roll and blues and you're downtown on Bill Street, you're you're probably gonna get that that feel because that's what it is. It's where it came from, and um, everything about it here is just that kind of uh, gospel love, Elvis, blah blah blah. Um, but that's that's what I vision with it, and that's what I've born and been grown up with around here you know of course it has its side that every city has and no matter what world you, what city you go to in the world you're gonna have those sides of cities that we all that we all need to work on but other than that the dream is alive in memphis so you were talking about how you originally fell in love with the uh, rodizio style cooking uh, when you were playing soccer outside of the country and you bring it back yep when did you start the business of Carson Rodizio and, and how have you been able to keep it growing over the years? Well, the idea, of course, was spawned at that age when I, I cooked at the very first Brazilian steakhouse when I was in college and in, in, uh, the very first Brazilian steakhouse in the United States. So I'm the very first American oh. to cook at the very first Brazilian steakhouse. So every single night, it just was that constant, man, I wish I had this in my backyard, man, I wish I had this in my backyard. And here I am you know, 18, 19 in college, not really knowing anything about anything. And then I went through college and got a job selling commercial insurance and that constantly was eating at me. And then I was 26, or they believe I, I made the leap and left the, you know, the guaranteed path of half a million a year, blah, 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 corporate world right now had I stuck that path out uh, to pursue this dream of teaching people how to do this. And uh, so yeah, your answer question is about 26 is when I made the leap. So I've been doing it, I guess, what eight years now, full time. When you look, then, at, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, please go ahead. So, so yeah, originally there was a suitcase version called the Carson Rotisserie that was a design because down in Brazil there's all sorts of uh, Brazilian grill manufacturers. There's, I mean, it's just the way of life. There's just tons of them. And when I was selling commercial insurance, uh, I knew a, a family friend that was uh, in the same industry down there, and he researched a bunch of uh, um, manufacturers for me, and I had cooked with a bunch of manufacturers in the, in the steakhouses. And so there's this suitcase version that a company called Shear had that um, was basically, you know, me being 26, 27, not knowing anything about manufacturing, not knowing anything about anything, um, was like, I want to I need a tool that I can sell this culture to. And um, they basically were abandoning this suitcase design so, and I had friendships, I had relationships through the insurance world in China. So, basically, we designed a better mousetrap, um, came up with this more masculine version of this portable uh, take it to the people type concept. And we were doing quite well with it. We, uh, I mean, within one year, we had sold a thousand of them. Forbes says, you know, Larry Olmstead with Forbes says it's the coolest grill ever. Uh, Guy Fieri from the Food Network was endorsing it. All these people were, in, it was, in, it was insane. And then next thing you know, um, it caught wind by the highest paid CEO in Dallas, Texas. He parachuted in, pretty much committed, uh, 
blatant extortion and took everything uh, <laughs> and then partnered with uh, Sheer and then kicked me out for three years. And uh, the, so basically during that hiatus or that sequestered from my own bliss, I came up with all the shit you see today. Uh, uh, wow. That's it. Uh, so, so th- this was all yours, and then somehow you got shanghaied out of it. I mean, you kind of went right over the top of it. Well, there, it's but... kind of one of those things where the entire legal system is set up for extortion, right? So, is if, it? If a guy who made thirty million dollars last year is is wanting your shit, yeah, can you call his bluff? Can you afford to call his bluff? So he was saying that that was his idea, right? Is that what you're saying? No, it was basically, basically, um. The, you know, the whole intellectual property thing. And of course, keep yeah. in mind, let me back up. During this time, during my depths of depression and not understanding what the hell happened, because <laughs> you shit, you go from taking off to not being not being allowed to go down to a truck or a grocery store. Yeah. Kind of messed my mind a little bit. So, um, and then next thing you know, like the guy who got Jim Carrey to talk out of his ass, parachutes in my life, Tom Shadyak, the guy who did Ace Ventura, Liar Liar, Bruce Almighty, Patch Adams, Nutty Professor. Yep. Yeah. And he kind of taught. He kind of took me on this spiritual journey of creative freedom and, uh, you know, following truth versus being afraid of fear. Um, and that's in essence kind of what happened. Is he pretty much woke me up in a weird sense, and and gave me. He was the one person because keep in mind when you have that level of pressure coming at you, everybody doesn't want to touch you because you reek of a lawsuit, even though it's all fear-based bullshit. At the end of the day. It's still, you know, a, a, it was a shitty time. And um, so so to back up, there's a quote that Tom says. It says, intellectual property names the deed to which the mind is bought and sold and the world enslaved. And I'm a living example of that. I had a deed out there that somebody wanted. Yeah. And I couldn't afford to call their bluff. They tried to, He tried to black hat me with... Uh, with the sheer company basically kept us separate and um, pretty much took everything from both of us and then dropped $1.5 million into it and buried it. Cause he couldn't, uh, I don't know, I guess money really wasn't the answer. So, um, to so, your, to your yeah. couple, I mean, it's just all, it's basically, it's just all a bunch of fear-based bullshit. So I'm, 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 I'm a little lost here, uh, Blake, For, forgive my, uh, uh fine. It's a non- lot going on. We're shooting a documentary about it, so don't worry; you'll be able to see the whole story. Oh, okay. So I, I guess where I'm, where my, where my uh, ineptitude is, is the guy sees it, thinks it's great, and as somehow is keeping you and the manufacturer apart. It's it it's it is jacked up as it sounds. <laughs> I guess I mean I, I I don't I don't see why he would want to do that if he's not going to pick it up and and run with it versus just it meant, like sinking you know, it into the ground. It's weird. It's a, it's a, have you ever heard of a twilight zone? Yeah, there it is, it's right? equivalent to a twilight zone. And when you have, you know, when you run an, a multi-billion dollar organization, yeah. I don't know what the hell you think in that mind. I don't know. I, to, it, to me, what I, I do this a lot now. I've catered for a lot of very wealthy people. And it's insane how, you know, Tom Shadyak asked the question, if, you, if Bill Gates makes $2 billion versus $1 billion, is he twice as happy? And it's, it's funny how you can live, like, like when you make that amount of money, I'll give you an example. I had one billionaire ask me, how big do you see Carson Rodizio growing? And I said, I don't know. What would impress you? And he goes, don't give me all this philosophical crap. Yeah. I said, if you ask me an open-ended question, I'm going to answer with an open-ended answer. He goes, how many kids can you make right now? And I said, oh, about 4,000. 
he said, oh, that's only about $2 million. And if you're selling it at 500 bucks, I go, yeah, again, what would impress a fucking billionaire? <laughs> right. You know, it's like, no, no matter what I say. Yeah. The scale can know, never be too big. So money is so numb to your mind right now. Yeah. That, that's what's funny because they also came out and said, um, man, it doesn't get better than this. And of course, you know, we're, we're, we're charging $250 a head cause it's worth it. And I go, yeah. And it doesn't take another billion dollars to get this every night because all this shit's for sale. Yeah, you can. I can teach you how to use this. That's the whole purpose of me being here. So, I, I'm guessing you, you. So you had to sit out uh, per some type of a legal situation, and, and that now you're back into it again. Um, during when I was locked in a fear mindset, yeah. Because keep yeah. in mind, it's irrelevant what a legal document says. If somebody wants to give you hell. They're going to give you hell. Sure. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. So that's where no one could answer that question for me about when does it become full-blown extortion? When does it become this guy just beating on a kid in a garage? And no one could define that for me other than this one gentleman who said never. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's fear versus the truth. That's it. Everything comes down to those two criteria. You're this running from something or to something. Tom Shadyak taught me how to basically – if it wasn't for him, none of this would exist because I'd, I'd have been too scared to think of it because it's like, oh, he might take your unborn child. It's like, <laughs> it's a lie. It's a giant freaking lie. And, and at the end of the day, it's like, shoot, my only protection is the truth. And that's why on social media is so great. Every single thing I freaking think of, I post it because I, I, all my all my protection is is the truth. So somebody asked me, is your stuff patented? I'm like, I don't know. Are you saved? We're talking about protection here, aren't we? You have It's that. It's that asinine to say to think that you know you have an idea that because i i could have a thousand patents right now on my shit i could be patent broke and no one know about it and it's a mental disease tom shadiak is right it's a freaking mental disease isn't it weird yeah yeah i mean most most people that <laughs> most people that i know that feel like they're bringing something new to the market or you know uh that, that changes the game enough want to put themselves in a position to where if somebody else sees it and then decides to rip them off they have some type of a well, potential here, recourse the, right off my friend you cannot rip off somebody's story that's why the truth is so powerful yes i have very very good friends that make a lot of stuff if you ever buy a fan from lowe's that factory was going to build our stuff if you ever try to have a fan idea and you want to compete against a, fa a factory that's making four million fans a year, and they're losing money on a third of their product line. How the hell are you going to compete with that? A patent's not going to do you crap. At the end of the day, the story carries the day. If I'm a billionaire coming in with the cheapest prostitute product, have that market. Go there by all means. Yeah. Slut yourself out over there while I'm over here having fun, making friends, teaching people how to become better people as human beings through our products because it's just a hook to get people to actually learn more about their story and to make a more comfortable living with it. It goes way deeper than just a product. So what's it like, what's the, what's your, um, I don't want to say end game, but like, where's your, your next handful of years in development of the product and, and trying to, uh, continue to press the, the Carson Rhodesia? Well, what's so crazy about it is during that whole time period, the largest Brazilian girl manufacturer in the world, Tomasi, had found out what happened, and they basically said, "Fuck them, let's do this." And uh, 
and it's been an amazing relationship ever since because they they just have been it got to the point where we were designing not just a kit but then the road case but then the showstopper where we literally designed a solution that will replace a food truck I mean, uh, you, when you, and, one of these things, it, when the, one of these things is set up, I forget which one it is. Maybe it's the showstopper, or maybe it's the case, or, or whatever. It's got like case, seven, yeah. seven different levels, and you have bins, and there's fires. <laughs> it's all and modular, yeah. It's it, all based off culinary musician, road case, stage, being able to set up stage to get the next town modular. Yeah, it's all a kitchen in a box, right? I, I'm, I'm amazed uh, that the thing doesn't fall over when it's all set up and running. It's a beast. It's a beast, man. It's uh, it's it, it it's insane. It's exciting. And how it really got expedited to be here is uh, back in August, the culinary director of Disney was following me on Instagram. And he goes, I know exactly what you're doing. I honestly believe it's the greatest innovation in the past few decades in food. Finish it. And so I went to Brazil. And I got in the studio. And just like a musician getting in, a, getting in the studio cutting a record, I just was cutting products. And Tomasi and I went to work. And... Um, Next thing you know, we're catering for the entire executive team at Disney, and they bought they bought the very first one of everything of our product line. And it's just like, well, that's a that's a complete shift from losing everything, your identity, two years ago to coming back with the greatest innovation, you know, this century. Uh, and I I always believe that, but when Disney said that, I was like, all right, chef, you're right. I think I'm going to go with your opinion as well. <laughs> So are are you pulling through uh, online retail or do you have distributors? Like if somebody wants to well, get their still, hands on it, what's the deal? We're still in a very you know adolescent stage. We're, I mean, we spent the last two years in complete creative product development. We went from one product to thirty three, and um, during that time, you know, we came out with the kit. And we had sold through about twelve hundred units, and um, and then. Of course, we kicked it off through Kickstarter because we've done everything we can not to have to raise money. As you can see, I'm, it's, uh, it hadn't worked out well for me in the past. But um, <laughs> So I was like, let's do this as organically as possible as we can. And that's what we've been doing. And we've been backordered since August. And our, we've had uh, just hundreds of people that have been patiently, patiently waiting for it to arrive. And the good news is, is that it is arriving uh you know, first week in July, and so we're going to have just a few hundred of them just hit the market in July, so you're going to probably see us a, a, a lot of places. Um, and then, of course, d acquiring dealers through this time, it's just kind of a, it's it's an interesting situation because we're still funding this thing through ambition, right? Um, we've got offers for people wanting to invest with us, but it's just like, you know, <laughs> Yeah, well, the burned once, right? Money, uh, you know, your opinion might not be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So, uh, so um, yeah. So it's basically one day at a time. It's I, I'm, I'm in a position where I have, I love everything about every single day, and 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 to be sitting here and having this conversation with you is is a blessing in itself. Where it goes from here, you know, it's uh, who knows. It's just I really don't care. To me, it's every single day. I live I live every single day for today, and tomorrow we're about tomorrow. Tomorrow. That's pretty much it. He is Blake Carson. CarsonRodigio.com is the website if you want to check it out. What a story. Uh, Blake, really appreciate you coming on tonight, and uh, continued yeah. success. We'll have you on again soon. Have a good one, Greg. You got it. There he is. That is Blake Carson. Boom. Just like that. There it is. I was looking for that. All guests on the Barbecue Central <laughs> Show appear via wow. the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. Wow.
Uh, you, sometimes I say my guests are shot out of a cannon, but I would say that uh, he was shot out of a cannon. Yeah, I think so. Uh, 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 I'm still a little in the gray area on on the billionaire thing. I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to my show tomorrow and see what I missed. Wow. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the pit barrel cooker. Pulling the trigger on a new cooker can be nerve-wracking sometimes. Temperature control, fire management, what woods to buy. Who needs the hassle? But I strongly suggest the pit barrel cooker. It is a unique cooker that makes it simple and fun, easy to use. Maybe the most easy-to-use cooker available on the market today. Imagine a single cooker that will be able to turn out traditional barbecue meats like brisket, pork, shoulders, and ribs while also being able to ramp up and attempt to do burgers, chicken wings, and hot dogs. Versatility, all thanks to its revolutionary design that goes beyond traditional convection. Their hook and hang method places the food right in the center of the heat, so it's acting like a stationary rotisserie. The result, perfectly cooked meat each and every time. Not only is the pit barrel a fabulous cooking vessel, it's very attractive, Built to withstand the heat, and thanks to its porcelain enamel finish, the pit barrel is able to withstand any type of weather. It's also extremely portable. It can fit in the back of most trucks, vans, and SUVs. It's ready to go wherever you are. Of course, barbecue folks love the accessories, and the pit barrel doesn't disappoint here either. From their rubs and stainless steel rub shakers to the unique removable ash pan, the pit grips, turkey hangers, hinged grill grates, specially sized charcoal chimney, beer koozies, coffee mugs, a full line of accessories that really complete the Pit Barrel cooking experience. Hey, don't take my word for it, folks. Pit Barrel has been getting top 10 ratings in Amazing Ribs Gold Division for four years in a row now. And for $299, that Pit Barrel comes fully assembled, ready to cook on, ships right for free to your door. Come on. Head on over to pitbarrelcooker.com, see what everybody's talking about. Be sure to check out their full collection of short how-to videos, and then pick up one or two or four for yourself. It's only 800 bucks if you get four. Sorry, that's 1200 bucks. My math's bad. You'll thank me later anyway. If you have any questions, you can contact them through their website or call 800, I'm sorry, 502-228-1222. That's 502-228-1222. And yes, they will actually talk to you. Find out what great customer service is all about. PitBarrelCooker.com. That's PitBarrelCooker.com. Uh, we're back with Scott Roberts right after this. Stick around. be right back. Oh, it's the wrong button. Sorry about that. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Welcome back. The biggest name in pork is bringing you great opportunities this barbecue season. Get smoking with Smithfield and their Committed Cooks program. Learn more at Smokin, S-M-O-K-I-N, SmokinWithSmithfield.com. John Dawson weighing in on email uh, from the Sherrod Brown. Rents dovetailing into your comment about the reply you received from your fine legislator Brown. Lest I remind you that these are the people that are going to fix health care 
and all else that ails this fine nation. Buzzer. That's right. He couldn't even read my email correctly. That is a little depressing. I crafted a fine email, by the way. I'm sure you don't discount that at all. But, I mean, it was a pretty good email. And then to be five words into what I thought was going to be some kind of a confrontational email from the senator, he's even to read it. Get that big stuff out of here. Uh, senator, I, I think it's safe to say that if you know anything about me, I'm not the guy that is trying to Keep the horses out of the horse meat mill. That's not me. That's not this guy. Get that big stuff out of here. Trying to run those bitches right in there and trying to make it legal. All right. Anyway, uh, this is the time of the month. This is the time of the month where we have our very official, the official, not even very, just the official sauce and rub review of the Barbecue Central Show. Scott Robertson to talk about sauces and rubs. Scott, how are you, buddy? Pretty good. How about the very official? The only very official. How about okay, that? Okay, there we go. I love that. The exclusively official only, Scott Roberts from scottrobertsweb.com. Uh, Scott, what's happening in the world of uh, hot foods right now? Uh, nothing really new. There's always those contenders for the throne of the world's hottest chili pepper. I've talked about it for years. Uh, I don't think anything new is coming over the horizon anytime soon as far as a dethroner for the Carolina Reaper pepper. Um, but kind now of, things are just kind of chugging along, you know, everybody's in the whole sriracha craze and, uh, people are just liking spicy foods more and more in general. I think I'm seeing a lot of, uh, now flavored sriracha and it was, it was just like sriracha for a while. And then I saw uh sambal, you know, sambal. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then now I'm seeing like different flavors of sriracha, which, uh, always indicates to me that there's some kind of a fad or craze going on. Well, there definitely is a fat. I think it's going to be pretty long-lasting. Maybe not all the different flavors of it, but you know that you know it's hit some type of a general consensus. Consensus when you get various flavors. Now, I kind of like some of them. Uh, others, not so much. I, I kind of like it a little on the sweet side, actually. Now, I know that that the Haifong Foods Rooster Sauce, the main one, it's like a little too garlicky for me. So there, there are other like regular srirachas that I enjoy more than that uh, the most popular one out there. All right. Uh, so Scott is going to be talking to us tonight about some rubs and sauces. And the first one we're going to be talking about tonight is the Shed Rack Attack Rib Rub. And uh, these are from the folks at the Shed, I would imagine. The Shed, yeah. Brad Orison and company yeah. down there in Mississippi. Uh, great product. I'm already out of it. I can't show you the <laughs> bottle or anything like that. Wow. Um, if you're looking for something just right down the middle of the road, balance between the sweet and the smoky and heat, and uh, you, know, you, you get quite a bit of the, the brown sugar flavor and you know quite a bit of chili pepper. Now, the ingredients are like a little cryptic. It mentions like brown sugar, chilies, paprika, and garlic. I know there's some other spices in there, too, and you can kind of pick a little out. But you just talk about wham-bam balanced. It's just uh, overall great flavor for pork, and I, I'm just a, a, instantly a big fan of this stuff. Do you think that they actually use it in their own commercial applications? I am not sure. Uh, it, 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 I don't know. Sometimes 
you know, like restaurants will tweak stuff for the general public, maybe make it a little bit more bland, a little bit more palatable, you know, is to kind of not turn people away. But then again, I know of some barbecue places across the country. That's exactly, you know, what they sell is exactly what they serve and what they put on their food too. I mean, that kind of brings people in, you know, they're accustomed to that taste. They want something as similar as possible to take home too. Uh, as far as this, though, I'm not sure if it's uh, what they serve down there or not. All right. Uh, how big is the container and how much are you paying for it? And, of course, where can you get it? Okay. Uh, it comes in a shaker bottle, a little smaller than usual. It's 5.2 ounces. Uh, they're usually a couple ounces larger. Uh, you can get it for $5.99 plus shipping and handling, and that's available at theshedbbq.com. Uh, it, it's a little pricey but an excellent value for what I would rate it. All right, and push drum roll. Where are we at? Give it a reserve grand champion. Oh, look out! Yeah, so it's about four and a half nice. out of five stars. Yeah. Really great product. Very good. And of course, if you've never been to theshedbbq.com, a host of other products along with the shed rack attack rib rub, right? Oh yeah, all kinds of sauces and uh, a chicken rub. Yeah, all kinds of other things available there. All right, RGC for the uh, rack attack. Uh, next up yep. is Phil's gourmet sauces, smoking big lick barbecue sauce. Yeah, um, of course the bottle I have here it's called smoking chipotle. Uh, I kind of looked on a website today, just kind of reference, and it appears that they've kind of like uh, renamed this brand. Uh, to the uh, the the big uh, smoking big lick barbecue sauce, and in the description it's still listed as smoking chipotle. What I have on there for those of you watching us live on the video. Um, anyway, this stuff is um, I think aimed to be very middle of the road, but this is a prime example of somebody really missing the mark. Oh, it it's just a very heavy smoke flavor, oh. very tart. And, of course, I know – kind of know your flavor palette yep. and mine's the same in this regard. There is a lot of liquid smoke flavoring in it, so and, yeah. uh, it doesn't do it for me at all. And tart it, on top of that. It tart, yeah. A uh, little vinegary. There's just a lot of uh, kind of flavors playing around, but they just don't always agree or get along with one another. There's a, 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 just a lot of components. You know that they're trying to aim for something sweet, uh, definitely smoky. But this just definitely misses it all the way. And even if um, – I don't know. I really didn't play around with it too much as far as adding things to it. Yeah. And you know when you have to add things to it to make it a good product, you know, right off the bat, that's not really a good sign. Do you think that there's a market, Scott, where if we went into the sauce-making business together, that we could market something that would be like Scott and Greg's base sauce? So we were making it specifically to then be doctored up by whoever got their hands on it. But we were kind of giving them a good you know, push on two wheels down the hill. I think it's theoretically possible. I don't know of your cooking skills in the kitchen. Uh, mine, as far as making sauces, not the best in the world. I, uh, my specialties are like salsas and things like that. Uh, as far as barbecue sauces, I'm okay. Uh, hot sauces, I can't make for the life of me. Uh, but it, I think it is possible. And yeah. there are you know products out there that have been kind of like a base product, like your, your blues hogs and uh, ones like that, that are just a good base sauce from whatever type of flavor 
profile, whatever direction you want to go with it, just add a little bit more of this or a little bit more of that. And I, I think it can be done, yeah. All right, so uh, talk to me about how big Phil's Big Lick barbecue sauce is, how much it is, and where you get it. Okay, it comes in a 16-ounce bottle. It's six ninety nine. It's available at philsgourmetsauces.com. Of course, uh, with this price and with shipping and handling, uh, not a good value. Uh-oh, not a good value. So I would give this an oven baker. Uh-oh. Ooh, oven baker. Yeah. That's only one away from rib boiler. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I mean, it's not that horrible, yeah. but it just, uh, yeah, it's something I would probably stay away We're from. We're riding the highs and lows here on the show. So that was a, uh, uh, what, what did we call it again? Oven, oven baker? Oven baker, yeah. So it's about two out of five. Baker. Trying to make notes here so I can recap eloquently at the end of the segment here. All right. Uh, last up to bat is Mad Anthony's extra hot barbecue sauce. So whenever I see, your descriptions roll over on email prior to the show, and I always see things like extra hot. I kind of giggle to myself and wonder, what's extra hot to the norm, and is this even approach extra hot in your taste bud realm? Uh, I will answer that question in a minute. Right. Uh, this is made by Michael Anthony, the ex-bass player for Van Halen. Oh, and yeah. I, you know, I'm a little skeptical of like celebrity sauces, celebrity products. You know, there's just a lot of people are out there make a quick buck. But Michael, Michael Anthony had pulled in the talents of Michael Greening of uh, Ring of Fire sauce, one of my favorite hot sauces of all time. So he has a flavor maestro he was able to work with, mm-hmm. and they came up with something really, really special, I think. Um, now, this is a sauce that's uh, very sweet, very bold. Uh, you get a lot of that molasses, brown sugar, a lot of onion, uh, just just kind of push on the front end, uh, a little bit of garlic. But yes, as the name implies, this is very, very hot. Oh. Uh, Michael Anthony – He's a complete chili head. Oh. He's uh, one of those crazy guys like me who could just stand all the heat in the world and it doesn't phase him. It's definitely hot, even for a chili head. So oh. those of you out there you know, who uh, can only take things just a, a, a tiny bit above mild, this would be a little too hot for you. And it's something you know you definitely don't want to like uh, pour a half a cup on you know your uh, pulled pork <laughs> sandwich. Because uh, by the time you get done with it, yeah, your mouth is going to be set on fire. Can you add it to, to bring up heat? Is it a sauce that you think would be compatible with others in order to bring up that Scoville? Uh, I think it definitely can, yeah. You find a similar sauce to it, and it's uh, the, the tone and flavor profile, and I think you could actually do that. Where do you get it? How much do you get of it? And how much is it? Okay. Uh, it comes in a 16-ounce bottle. It's seven ninety nine plus shipping and handling, mm-hmm. and it's available at madanthonycafe.com. All right, madanthonycafe.com. And, of course, the big reveal for Mad Anthony's. You're not going to believe it. It's another reserve grand champion. Wow, look at this. Great product. Great product, Scott just said it. Yes. All right, so, like, what's keeping it away from being our first grand champion of the year? You know what? Maybe it's the heat in uh, this regard. I don't know. Um, when it comes to barbecue sauces, even though I'm a chili head, I don't want things that will just completely scald my tongue in the back of my throat. I want it toned down a little bit, maybe a medium heat level. If it was that, and there is a regular 
barbecue sauce version that's a little better, but I just wanted to profile this one. Yep. Um, I, I think it definitely hit that grand champion mark. All right. So do you think from a Van Halen standpoint, Scott, that Michael Anthony might be one of the most, I don't know if disrespected is too uh, tough of a word, but underappreciated or underrated A, bassist in rock and roll, uh, but B, backup singer. I mean, in my estimation, really the backbone of all of the vocals laid, whether it was uh, Van Hagar or Van Lee Roth or however you want to term it, he was mm-hmm. like a, a a backbone of the of the vocal success of that group, I think. I completely agree with you. Uh, he he did it. He was a glue that held the band together. Yeah. You know, all the accolades went to Eddie Van Halen, and I've been a huge Van Halen fan for years. That's a, another story for another time. Uh, and of course, Alex Van Halen, the drummer, uh, pretty good. You know, it ties in with uh, Alex, or I'm sorry, Eddie's guitar playing. But Michael Anthony, I mean, he did it with his bass and the backup singing. I mean, there was just something about him that held everything together. Uh, you know, especially David Lee Roth, he was. You know, a great showman, one of the great showmans of all time in rock and roll, but he wasn't the greatest singer. Yeah. And I think Michael Anthony kind of elevated uh, Dave's singing somewhat. And of course, you know, uh, there's debate about Sammy and whether or not that uh, re- uh, incarnation of the band was good or not. I-, I happen to think they made some pretty great music together. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, it's just a a big loss for Van Halen since they kicked him out. Yeah. And you know what? I think he has – Michael Anthony has some of the uh, the most class, the most grace, the most uh, – maybe even patience out of anyone out there. He hasn't said a single bad thing about yeah. his former bandmates, and uh, my hat's off to him for being able to be like that. You can find Scott Roberts at scottrobertsweb.com. We were reviewing the Shed Rack Attack Rib Rub, the Phil's Gourmet Sauce, the Smoking Big Lick Barbecue Sauce. And Mad Anthony's Extra Hot Barbecue Sauce tonight. The links will be in the show notes. So if you are just tuning in now and missed everything, shame on you. But we appreciate Scott Roberts showing up once a month. Uh, Always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Greg. You got it. There he is, Scott Roberts uh, from scottrobertsweb.com. That's right. So check him out if you have not checked out his musings on hot stuff and, and all that. So, um, the Shed Attack was Reserve Grand Champion. The Phil's Gourmet Hot Sauce was kind of a pass from what I was gathering from Scott. And then the Mad Anthony's was another Reserve. So two out of three, really good that you might want to try tonight. Again, the links for those products will be in the show notes when that goes to podcasts here a little bit later this evening. The Chops Power Injector System is the NBBQA 2015, 16, and 17 Tool of the Year. Coming in three awesome sizes to fit your injecting needs. The number one seller is the half-gallon Chops Power Injector System, designed for competition or to pump up the backyard warrior. Easy to use. Clean it, fill it, pump it. Away you go. If you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It will use it all. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. It's 100 bucks. Additionally, you will pay shipping. Then you have the one-gallon Chops Power Injector System, designed for catering and bigger jobs. It holds double the amount of the injection of the half-gallon. That's why they call it the gallon. Some use it in competition, like when you are cooking MBN whole hog or 10 shoulders to get a perfect one. This one comes with the same stuff as the half-gallon. 
costs 120 bucks plus you pay additional shipping. Then the uh, other or last one, the CHOP's full power injector system. It's electric and is the commercial and competition big daddy. Not a holding tank this time, but a three and a half foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container from a few ounces to a 55 gallon drum. It was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. And he said time and time again that with the CHOP's full power injector system, his briskets are better than ever. It comes with metal needle adapters, 14 gauge needles, 3-inch, 12-gauge needles, 2-inch, 11.5-gauge needles, 3-plug screws, a needle protector. It's $325 bucks plus you pay shipping additionally. A number of the top pitmasters out there in the world are using CPI every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. Here's the deal. We live in a foodie world that requires flavor in every bite. This is how you do it and do it fast. And it's not just for meat. You can inject alcohol into your favorite watermelon or fruit, whatever. They're all hand-assembled right in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. If you want extra accessories, they got them. You want to shoot medium-ground spices, they got you covered for that. They have two, three, four-inch, 12-gauge needles. Also, they have two-inch closed-tip needles, perfect for shooting fatty meats to keep from plugging up the needles with fat. They sell replacement stock needle adapters and plug screws. They have a great upgrade you can make your CHOPS power injector bulletproof. Metal needle adapters. How about that? The CHOPS Power Injector System gives your barbecue some power. Visit BarbecueKansasCity.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, BarbecueKansasCity.com. And we're back to wrap up the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the National Pro Barbecue Tour, presented by Sam's Club. 31 cities, 500000 in cash to be won. Eternal bragging rights if you win it all. This weekend, the 2017 Pro Barbecue Tour rolls into Birmingham, Alabama for a local qualifier. To get more info on the tour, see if there's any places where you can register to compete. I doubt it, though. Or to check results if you miss this show every Tuesday, you can visit the website KCBS, that's kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour, kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. So thanks again to Scott Roberts for reviewing those sauces. Once again, it was uh, the Shed Rib Attack, Rack Attack, Rib Rub. There was a sauce that you might not want to get, and then there was the uh, insane Michael Anthony hot double sauce. So once again, I will have those links in the show notes. As we go to podcast here, so let's go ahead and wrap it up. All the way back in the first hour, we had Stephen Reichlin talking about some barbecue university stuff, as well as some summer trends. He defined pitmaster. We got into that a little bit. Then at 9.35, we talked to Brett Galloway from the State Cook-Off Association. They're going to Japan and Mexico shortly. Five dockets. Sorry, five events on the docket this weekend. In the second hour, Blake Carson came out of nowhere told us about his 
falling in love with the Rodizio-style cooking. Some billionaire tried to sideline him forever. He's worked through that, I think. And then we talked with Scott Roberts, who evaluated some rib rub and sauces. Perfect. All right, uh, we are packed up already for next week, so look forward to a great show. Maybe a Sterling Ball sighting. Maybe an Emily Dettweiler sighting. Maybe a Tuffy Stone sighting. Who knows? We'll see what happens. I can tell you this, September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. So until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now. Good night now.